Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. world as it is go inside to find my God I will leave this world as it is go inside to find my God I will Stay as it is, go inside to find my God. I will leave this world as it is, go inside to find my God. Inside there is peace. Inside there is joy, inside there is more than enough. Inside there is peace, inside there is joy, inside there is sacred love. them out, Michael, going inside. <laughs> uh, everybody's mellow. <laughs> oh, man. So how's your Christmas season going so far? Everybody having, yeah, good? I know some of us have had um, 
Some of us are experiencing a little bit of a bittersweet experience because we've had a, a transition in the family, so, or um, um, maybe uh, our spouse passed on or parent. Um, my sister, is. I'm getting used to uh, celebrating Christmas with her in the spirit. And my mother, too. I, it's been a while since my mom passed, but I still miss her because Christmas was her day. And she loved decorating the tree. Actually, we would keep the tree up till spring. <laughs> and um, one time I kept mine up. I didn't feel like putting it down, but I used her as an excuse. We keep our tree up forever. And I kept it up to July, to my birthday. And then what I did, I slid it in the closet. <laughs> and then Christmas, I slid it back out. I did. But it was nice having Christmas in July. So, so I'm just... Um, Still full, though. I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited for the newness of, you know, we're, we're, this is our second Christmas together, but our first Christmas is me as your minister, you know? <laughs> Do you know that in March, it will be the second year that I started work, to speaking here? Wow. March 1st of last year, I mean this year, was the first, it was a year that I started speaking here, that first Sunday in March. And, ne and ne next March will be two years of me speaking here. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Only a couple of you are excited. <laughs> You're shocked. I'm shocked too. Time is zooming by, right? So I, I like to start off with a cute little joke. And um, actually, I had two. <laughs> Somebody asked me a question. Somebody asked me, how do you cook an alligator? You guys know? No. With a crock pot. <laughs> I thought that was cute. And then I heard another cute little joke where this minister was, uh, he, he was raising money for a function for the church. And he said, you know what? If anyone can, all of those of you who donate $1,000, you get to pick three hymns for the service in each month, you know? So one of the uh, older ladies in the back raised her hand and said, Pastor, I'll, I'll uh, donate $1,000. And he said, okay. So she did her donation and everything. He said, okay, now which three hymns do you want? He said, I want, she said, I want him, and I want him, and I want him. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Oh, my goodness. Joel Osteen has some cute jokes. <laughs> so, so we started off Advent last month, I mean last week, and we talked about the power of beliefs. But we also mixed it in with what the power is for, today, for this month, which in unity, we, we symbolize and we study and we move deeper into the power of life, spiritual life. And so we talked about how it is power, it is important to move from your beliefs in error thinking and error thoughts and what Charles Fillmore would say, if you get the thoughts from other people that are false thoughts, it's secondhand opinions, actually, that you're taking on. And we moved into the idea of learning your own truth, shifting into your own beliefs. With the, and then as you move from your beliefs into faith, realizing that the things that you've accepted in your life to be so, you do not need the evidence to show. Faith Always, I mean, a belief always has to have some type of evidence that what you're accepting to be true is true. When you move into faith, there is no evidence. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. Metaphysically, faith is the perceiving power of the mind linked with the power of the mind to shape substance. So you perceive an idea and you know it to be so. And then as you visualize it in your mind, you create it in your life. Does that make sense? Okay, so this today, today what I feel led to move into is taking the consciousness of when we are really walking in the faith, how do you get the evidence of it? The evidence comes in being the embodiment of peace. You are peaceful. And so we're still going to work on strengthening your spiritual life, but we're going to move deeper into the steps that come after what Charles Fillmore says moves us into spiritual life. And he says the first step is that you, you always know that God is life, abundant, omnipresent, and eternal. You just know that to be so, and when you know that to be so, it's your faith in God, and your faith in God knowing that you are one with it is the second part of it. It's not just connecting to it. It's connecting to it and declaring that you're one with it. And so as we move into the embodiment of peace, I want to use a scripture that we, I read it earlier, um, but I want, to re, I want to use this scripture. Can you read this with me, please? You will keep faith. All who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Right. All whose thoughts are all who trust in you and all whose thoughts are fixed on you, you will keep them in perfect faith. Now, I'm listening. God always shifts stuff up when I get up here. Okay, I hear you. All right. When we move into a deeper level of faith, and we move into peace, there are things that you have to shift in yourself. Charles Fillmore says that life in the body is like electricity in a motor. He says, as the engineer directs and regulates the electricity in a motor, so the life in the body is, uh, has an engineer as well. And he calls that engineer the life ego. Now, this is deep. I was listening to uh, Wayne Dyer, and I've heard this before. He said that the ego represents when you're edging God out. Now, the truth is, the ego represents the I. It's that part of you and your personality that is conscious and aware and hearing what's going on right now. The part of you that says, I'm going to do this, or I am that, or I, the, the, the parts of you that, that you express yourself fully, the conscious part of you, that's the I. Now, Charles Fillmore says there's two ways that the ego can express. The first way, let's go past that, is adverse ego. And the adverse ego is caught up in the consciousness of materiality. It's the adverse ego. And he says it is the adverse ego that causes all the trouble in the world. It is is selfishness and greed make men grovel in the mire of materiality. Is that part of you that causes uncomfortable feelings, uncomfortable thoughts, insecurities, resentment, anger, anything that puts a, a feeling of separation between you and someone else or causes some type of discomfort as you think about it, as you're thinking about it, your mind, the I am, is creating that vibration inside of you. That is when it's becoming adverse. 
But when it's a spiritual ego, it's the true self. Instead of being the I, it is the I am that's coming forth. Now, when Wayne Dyer said that the, ad, the ego is edging God out, that is the adverse ego. And I like this part too. The spiritual ego is experiencing God's oneness. Is experiencing God's oneness. Now, how does that connect? Are these, I'm gonna connect these in a second. Okay. I'm listening. God is really working with me on this one because it's so deep when you get this connection. It connects because anytime that you are feeling something that is outside of God, that's caught up in the circumstances of your life, that's caught up in the relationship, that's caught up even with how you're seeing yourself, that is uncomfortable and out of alignment with God, you are so focused on that thing that person, and even the, the issues of yourself, there is no experience right there of God. That is why it's called edging God out. That's why several people say it's edging God out. You're edging God out of your experience. You're edging God out of your awareness of what's going on in your life. You're even edging God out with co-creating with you, even in your conscious mind, because God is always co-creating with you. But your conscious intention and your conscious mind, and your conscious awareness has moved away from God and moved on something else and made that an idol. So you've edged God out of the way, and your focus is on this. And everything that your focus is on, caught up in beliefs, limitations, you've hedged a fence around yourself that limits you, and God is nowhere in that experience that you feel. But the kicker is God is always in the experience. God is always co-creating exactly what you intend. Exactly what you intend. And so when we take our intentions and we shift them to Focusing on God, which said in that scripture, the scripture said that when we fix our minds on God, then we will feel peace. If your mind is fixed on anything other than God, I promise you, you are not going to feel peace. And that is how you know you've edged God out of your experience. God is never edged out of your life because God is always one with you. But you've edged God out of the awareness of your experience of God in your life. And you are nowhere in your consciousness feeling the experience of God's oneness. When you move into refocusing and reconnecting, you move back into experiencing God's oneness. Does that make sense? Oh, sister girl, little girl got it all right. So how do we do that? We change the ego, the intention of the ego, to empty garbage out. You empty the garbage out. Anything that is blocking you and distracting you from the consciousness of God, you empty it out. You empty it out. And what, do we, what uh, principle would that be connected to? It will be connected to the fourth unity principle. Yes, because you deny the power of it and you release it. So we were talking about release and let go is emptying the garbage out. Every time you release something that's not connected to the consciousness of God, it's garbage. Just like computer, garbage in, garbage out. You empty the garbage out. Does that make sense? Now, this is the thing. Let's see if this next one is what I, we got it, God. Okay, keep going, keep going. Oh, I'm going backwards. Let's go forward. All right, so we did that one already. Now I want to go here. Charles Fillmore is awesome. 
And Charles Fremont, a co-creator of Unity, was talking about divine life, and he was saying that when you're connected to God, which is what that scripture was saying, when you're fixed with God, when you're fixed on it, can you read that last sentence with me? It says, this contact is made through prayer, meditation, and good works. Now, we've been talking about prayer and meditation all up the wazoo because that's the fourth unity principle, and I'm really getting it into your consciousness that in order to have a full experience of God and a full experience of God, experiencing God's oneness, you have to move into prayer and meditation. This last one, good works. I'm, I'm going to work with that today because when you embody the power of peace, you are moving into good works. And, one of the, and you shift your consciousness. And one of the works that is the most powerful one that we can do in our life is the work of forgiveness. The work of forgiveness. The work of forgiveness is the most powerful form of emptying the garbage out that we could ever do. Because for unforgiveness is that space in us where we feel justified to feel separation towards somebody. We feel justified to be angry with somebody. We feel justified to be, have resentment for, towards somebody because it's something they did that upset us. This is the kicker. It's not what they did that's bothering you. It's what you're thinking about what they did that's bothering you. It's what you're thinking about what they did is bothering you. And it's your beliefs connected to what, you th what they did that made you start thinking about what they did to you that's making you have that resentment. Because how do I know this? Because you can have the same thing done to you that's done to somebody else, and they respond totally different. Their, re their beliefs are different. It's individual to you. It's relative to you. It's our choice to have peace. In the Bible, Jesus, God, Jesus says that if when we come to communion, that if there's anything that you have against somebody, put that, put that down. Put your contribution down, your donation down, your sacrifice down, whatever it is, put it down and go make it right. Communion means to be one with. You are not one with God in your conscious mind if you got something against somebody else. Because Faith is still an expression of God. And if I have something against faith and I'm trying to be one with God, I am not symbolizing a oneness with God having an issue with faith. The Bible also says to forgive others so that you can be forgiven. When you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. Do you know for unforgiveness is a sin? And this is why it's a sin. It's because you're missing the mark of seeing the Christ in the other person and seeing God in the other person, and you're putting what the person did or what your thoughts on what the person did above the Christ in that person. It is a sin. It is living backwards. It is evil, which is the word live backwards. And this is the kicker. Because it's living backwards, it hurts you more than it does the other person. Everything you put out there with you did this, you're blamed, and you're this, this, and that, it is not affecting the other person. You're living it backwards. It is inside of you, and it's coming from the Spirit. And then Jesus says, out of the abundance of the heart speaks the word. And that vibration goes out from you. 
And then you say it over and over again. And some people t- call everybody up and their mama trying to get an amen corner. You see what somebody did to me? You see what somebody did to me? And every single time you say it, you build it up inside of yourself more and you block yourself in more. And not only do you block yourself in more, you create an atomic bomb inside of yourself. Why do I say an atomic bomb? Because it goes down to the metabolic atoms in your, in your cells that get affected by that toxic, poisonous energy from your thinking. Every thought has a vibration and an energy connected to it. And every time you have a thought that is uh, a thought that is error-based, error-based error or false-based, it is a, a reversed vibration. And every time you think it, and every time you say it, and think about the years that you've been living with resentment and anger and unforgiveness towards other people, is building an atomic bomb inside of you, and that energy will explode. Uh, when Wayne Dyer said, um, dang, this is really, that he had to move into forgiveness, he said he had been walking around with a rage inside of him. No doubt the rage contributed to drinking. He was drinking. He said when he got older, what he realized was the anger was towards his father for leaving him. But it wasn't towards his father for leaving him. It was towards, it was what he was thinking about his father leaving. And that's connected to how he felt about his father leaving his mother and leaving his family. It was all connected because the father can leave and people can grow and be fine and not have that anger or that rage. It was his thinking that caused it. And the moment he, he ended up going to his father's uh, grave and he looked at it, he, so he let out all that rage. And it was a, a lot of energy. He let out all that rage. And he said the moment that all of it was released, he vowed never to be angry again. The most powerful way to be the embodiment of peace is to empty out that garbage that is connected to unforgiveness. This is why. Because the moment you release it, Every, every, every person. That means go to every person. And the most powerful person you'll realize is that it is you that you're forgiving. If I forgive Peter, I'm really forgiving me because of what I was thinking about what Peter did. It wasn't what Peter did that bothered me. It was what I was thinking caused by my beliefs about what Peter did. The forgiveness goes towards yourself for creating that energy inside of yourself and living in that energy and feeling that separation. And the moment you shift it and you empty garbage out, you become the embodiment of peace. There's nothing blocking you from being one with God. It blocks you. It hedges up, it hedges a bar, and that, I'm thinking about this resentment, this anger, this, this, and this. It keeps you from being one with God. Does that make sense? I, oh, look at <laughs> I heard this other story. This guy said that he was angry with his wife. He was angry with the divorce that he had with his wife. And he was talking to a psychologist. And he said it took him a bypass surgery. And, 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 and the divorce, and actually he was angry at his, at his, pa- his parents. 
and it took him to bypass surgery and going through divorce because he was carrying this rage. The rage keeps you from being one with other people and having an open heart to love freely. Now you want to, you really want to, but it's a block there because you're focused on somebody else and what somebody else did to you. Somebody in front of you who you can be one with and show that love with, you don't get a chance to experience because you're so caught up in what? If I open up my heart, I'm gonna get hurt. Well, I promise you, The fact that you're living means you're going to somehow get hurt. Because we tend to put expectations on other people and put expectations on circumstances and put expectations on ourselves that we can't meet, that the other person can't meet, and that circumstances cannot meet because it is a human experience and a human expectation when we are spiritual beings. The only one that will never, never, cause you to feel disappointed is when you're one with God, when in consciousness. Does that make sense? Is this, is this connecting? Yes. So as we move into <clears throat> preparing ourselves to be a deeper expression of Christ, it's not just the coming of Christ in us, because Christ is not outside of us. It's the unfolding of Christ from the inside out. It's going deeper down so the light gets higher and brighter. It's feeling a deeper expression of who you are on a deeper level. It's becoming intimate with the truth of who you are. It's having an intimate, up-close, and impersonal relationship with your Christ self. Emily Cady says forgiveness, he sa she says, is forgive is to give for. And I've said this a couple times to you guys is to give some actual good in return for uh, evil given. So when you forgive, you give love for evil that you feel came to you, that you, was given to you. You give love. It, it's not just, oh, I forgive the person for what they did. No, it's I see the Christ in them, and I send Christ from my Christ self to them. It's not even your personality that's doing it. You cannot send divine love from your personality. You tap into the Christ in the other person and you feel compassion for the other person because you put the expectation on them. It's not their fault. And it's not even our fault either. It just is what it is. We put the expectation on them. And they didn't live up to it because they couldn't because they're a human expression, and we're spiritual beings here to live a spiritual expression and be heaven on earth. Does that make sense? And so that means that every moment from this moment on, like I was, uh, it's so many people who are so peaceful, and it's because they let go of expecting how things are gonna turn out and just let it be. I love that song by the Beatles, let it be, let it be. I love that song. What if we let it be? Seriously, what if we let it be? And not only let it be, let us be in the being that is being. Does that make sense? What did I say? Let us be in the being of the being. I don't know what God, God sometimes says stuff. So. Yes. Can you give a positive example of 
Yes. I had a, a customer come into my store, and he was, re it was, and it's interesting because it was around Christmas time too, right? And he was really upset because he had purchased something that he, and he wanted to return it. But when he purchased it with a debit card, he had to get it back credit because he, he wanted cash for it back, but he couldn't get cash for it, right? So he was angry and angry and going at it. And I could see, and now it triggered me at first, but then I could see that there was something deeper going on inside of him. And I know around Christmas time, everybody's heightened. You want to get the perfect gift. And especially if I'm seeing he wanted to get the perfect gift for his wife, right? When my boss came out and she said, this is Christmas. You don't come in here yelling during Christmas. This is the time Jesus was born. Is this really how you want to act? And he stopped and he thought about it. Now, he was still upset about the fact that he couldn't get money back, like cash back. He was still upset about it. But he realized that he could shift how he was being in the situation. And it opened him up to say, I've been married for four years, and this is the first time that I may not get my wife a gift that she would really like. And so in the moment, he was edging God out by being upset about the situation. And then when he shared what he was feeling, we were able to help him find even a better coat that he could get that was at another store. And we had it shipped to his house, which opened him up to experiencing the oneness of God. Does that make sense? So even when you're in the situation, you could still be feeling the emotional part of it, but you tap into the truth of the situation. The truth in the situation is God will always give an answer, always. There will always be an answer. No matter how it's looking, there will always be an answer. When you're upset at somebody because of what they've done to you, the truth is your feelings were hurt and you are disappointed or you're angry about something and you're holding on to it. And when you realize, I put that expectation on the person. They didn't do anything wrong. And if they did do something that hurt me, it was the personality, not the Christ. And I can still love the Christ in you, even though you may be acting up towards me. So instead of looking at your behavior and not looking into Christ in you, if I'm looking at your behavior only, I'm edging God out. But if I'm looking at the Christ in you, I'm experiencing God's oneness. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to experience God's oneness, no matter what's going on. That's why last week when we talked about the power, that uh, we are not given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of sound mind. And what that means is that we have power over how we see and experience our circumstances. We have the opportunity to experience love, which is the unity and oneness with someone else, and ourself for that matter. And then we also have the power to step in self-discipline uh, by choosing the thoughts that we want. But choose the thoughts that you want, not the thoughts that you're having. Choose the thoughts that you want, not the thoughts that you're having. When you're choosing the thoughts that you want, you move, you use, you empty garbage out, and you move into experience God, experiencing God's oneness. Does that make sense? It's all connected to what you're thinking. And forgiveness is huge. You release, you release. You release the expectation that you put on yourself, the other person, or circumstance. 
and you shift and look at it through the experience of God. That's the only way you can do this. That's the only way you can do this. That's the only way we can do this. So I want us to move into this week. You're going to have moments. Life brings them to us. Sometimes they're a curveball. Sometimes they're a fastball. Sometimes they're a loop. They're going to come to us. You're going to have experiences that are uncomfortable. You're going to have them. Jesus said, be of good cheer, for I've overcome the world for a reason. He said it because we have these human experiences, but you still can choose to experience God's oneness through the experience. That's how you get through peace. I heard this story, and then we'll do this. I heard this story about this guy, uh, this king, who loved paintings. He loved, he, he was just so into art. And he put out, he had this big treasure, and he said, I'm going to give this treasure to the person who cre can create the, the picture that shows the greatest peace in the world. And so he, uh, it, took a, it was a week, he gave them a week to turn in their pictures, right? And so he narrowed it down to two pictures. And one of them was this beautiful scenery of these mountains and the sun shining down on these mountains. And it's a lake on the side of the mountains and you can see the beautiful glistening reflection of the lake on the, mount, on, on the, uh, the mountain on the lakes. And it's big puffy white clouds floating through the air. And it's just this beautiful, serene experience. And everybody in the world thought, who looked at, everybody in the town who looked at it said, that's the picture. That's the first picture that, of the two. The second picture, was similar, it was mountains too, but it was dark and rugged mountains, and there's rain pouring down on the side, and it's a waterfall, a, a thunderous waterfall on the side, and, and it's gloomy looking, and it's lightning up in the, in, in the, in the you can see the lightning bolts coming down, and he looks at that, and, and, and on, on the first glance, it's like, that is not a peaceful picture. But then he looks closer, and be, right behind the waterfall, like right next to the waterfall, is this branch coming out. And on this branch is this, this nest. And there's this bird, this mother bird, feeding her baby bird, just peacefully, just feeding and enjoying the moment with her baby bird and just feeding her baby bird and enjoying it in peace. That, that thunder, the rain's not affecting the baby, the, the mother bird at all, and it's not affecting the baby because the baby is living off of what the mother bird is giving it. Not only is it by the food, but by the peace, right? So, which picture would you think was the picture that won? Most people think it's the first one, but it was the second one. Because the king said that peace is not the experience you have when everything's tranquil. Peace is the experience that you have in the midst of the storm that doesn't shake you or move you, that you're rooted in it. That no matter what someone says or does, you're rooted in the peace of who you are. And a storm can go on all around you, but in the midst of it is there light, sunshine and light and peace because that's where you're rooted. So the second painting is the one that won and got the treasure. Let's look at our life as if it's the second painting. Whatever is going on that you feel uncomfortable in, look for that bird feeding his, her, her, her baby bird. Look for the light in the situation. It, it will be there, especially when you look for it. Because the Bible says, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. Ask and you shall what? Receive. So in that situation, 
We're going to open our heart. We're going to love. We're going to be an embodiment of peace. Let's say this first affirmation together. My heart is open and forgiving. The second one. I give love to others for error given to me. Say it again. I give love to others for error given to me. One more time. I give love to others for error given to me. Does that make sense? You think you can do it? Okay, let's do the uh, next one. And the next one. Are you ready to go deeper? Are you ready to go deeper? Are you ready to go deeper? Amen. We're going to go deeper. Thank you. Some days I'm feeling like I can't win, can't get it right. And don't matter how hard I try, today is not my day. When it feels like I'm going crazy and it looks like nothing's changing. Come sun, come rainy day, you are still the same. In the dark, in the light, in the morning and night, in the Can't push these thoughts away I'm worried where I'm gonna go Where I'm gonna be Are you gonna be there for me? When it feels like the doors are closing Gotta trust that you're doing something Come sun, come rainy day You are all I need In the dark, in the light In the morning and night In the good, in the hurt In the places I hide When I
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.